0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ authors. I'm Anita Kelly, and my guest today is Lauren Emily Whalen. Hello, Lauren.
1: Hi, Anita. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for being here. It's great to talk to you finally. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so... Uh, Lauren, I'm just going to jump right in and start talking about uh, your books. So I'm really um, excited because I think you have a soon-to-be-released book coming out, right? It's um,
1: I do. It's Two Winters. Okay. It is going to be released by Bold Strokes Books and will be available everywhere on September 14th.
0: Wow, that's very soon. It is. Sooner than you'd think, right?
1: Oh, definitely. Always. (laughs) They always creep up on you. (laughs) I know, right?
0: Oh, that's great. So can you tell us about Two Winters? Um, What genre is it and and a little bit about it?
1: Absolutely. It is a queer young adult reimagining of a Shakespeare play, The Winter's Tale. Although you don't have to have read the play to enjoy the book. It's about two different bi-teenage girls, Polina, who lives in a small town in 1997 and attends Catholic school, and then Perdita, who lives in Chicago in 2014. So the first half, we follow Polina, and the second half, we follow Perdita, and near the end of the book, we see how their stories are actually intertwined.
0: Wow. That's pretty creative. Um, How did you come up with this idea?
1: Well, I had just had my first book, Satellite, which is another queer young adult novel, uh, come out in late 2017. And I was in rehearsals for a production of The Winter's Tale by Shakespeare. And I started to think about what would happen if uh, Paulina and Perdita are actually two characters in in The Winter's Tale. Um, Paulina is an, an adult woman, and then later in the play, Perdita is a teenage girl. And I started to think about what would happen if they were both teenagers kind of in different time periods. And uh, the first half of the play is set in Sicilia, which is a fictional Italian kingdom. And the second half is set in Bohemia, which is now the Czech Republic. And I started to think about what if Sicilia instead of a kingdom, was a Catholic school? And what if Bohemia was kind of a more Bohemian setting, the big city of Chicago where I now live? And the story just kind of came together from there.
0: Wow, that's really creative. So, so tell me, how is Cecilia like a Catholic school?
1: Well, Catholic school, which I attended from kindergarten through 12th grade, is basically its own kingdom. Um, It is a very specific environment. There are a lot of rules, which, you know, in my experience and in that of most people I know went to Catholic school, you kind of start questioning once you're a teenager. Um, And the consequences, if you break the rules, tend to be pretty severe. So... In The Winter's Tale, uh, the queen, Hermione, is pregnant and her husband, Leontes, starts to doubt whether the baby is his. So I thought, what would happen if this were happening in a Catholic school? Well, first (laughs) of all, in a Catholic school, pregnancy is frowned upon. Yeah, Um, you
0: probably wouldn't be there too long.
1: (laughs) Well, technically at my Catholic school... um, there were a couple of pregnant students. It wasn't It was not not allowed. You weren't kicked out of, of my school, but uh, at the same time, it wasn't exactly encouraged. <laughs> so I started to think, uh, yeah, what if somebody was pregnant? And in the case of Two Winters, that's the character of Mia, who is Paulina's best friend. And Mia is a very devout Catholic, so she wants to keep the baby, but she also doesn't want to tell her parents. And her boyfriend, Tesla, who is Polina's other best friend, is also excited about the baby, but his parents are currently out of the country. And at some point, Tesla starts to doubt that the baby is his. So that leads to even more drama, which Polina kind of feels like she has to manage because these are her two best friends and also um Polina is bisexual but she is in the closet because again catholic school and this is the late this is the late 90s in a small town so that's that is not okay at all um, in her environment and she has a girlfriend who is a classmate who's a very popular volleyball player, but they are having to keep their relationship secret, which Paulina is getting more and more frustrated about. So there's just like in the first half of Two Winters, uh, in the first half of The Winter's Tale, in the first half of Two Winters, there is a lot going on.
0: There is. It sounds like it. Huh. That is great. So um, are you a Shakespeare fan?
1: I am a very big Shakespeare fan. Um, I was a theater major actually at Loyola University Chicago. And even before that, my mom was an English major. So I kind of grew up with Shakespeare because she was a Shakespeare fan as well. And I have always loved both reading Shakespeare and performing it. I've been in several Shakespeare plays. uh, The Winter's Tale is one. And I just... I think a lot of the themes translate really well to modern times. And that's why, that's why we see Shakespeare performed as much as we do still in, in 2021. So mm-hmm. yes, I am a huge Shakespeare fan.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the words of Oprah, folks are folks, right? So it doesn't matter, yeah. um, <laughs> when they were living their their experiences and, uh, uh interactions and feelings are still still carry through generations exactly Uh, yeah that's really awesome so um you know you mentioned um the catholic school right and and i had read that your experience in catholic school sometimes influences what you do um can you can you tell us about that
1: Absolutely. Um, That really came into play in this book. Um, Like I said, I attended Catholic school from kindergarten to twelfth grade. Me too. um, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, So you know, I I even Uh, went
0: to Catholic college.
1: Oh, I did too. Actually, I went to I went to Loyola. Yeah, yeah, school. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so when I meet my fellow Catholic school survivors, it's just we automatically understand each other on a certain level because it's like that it's a very distinct experience. Mm -hmm. And I'd been wanting to write about that for some time. I'd been you know, I tend to write about teenage characters and I really wanted to I wanted to write about the Catholic school experience, not necessarily my direct experience, but just kind of growing up in that environment and how it affects you, you know, especially once you start developing critical thinking skills. Um, So yeah, with, with Two Winters, it just seemed to fit into the story really well. And I remember bouncing the idea off of a friend of mine who's also an author. And I said, and she's also a big Shakespeare fan and knows *The Winter's Tale*. And I said, you know, what if what if the first half was Catholic school? And she's like, oh, that's perfect. You have to do that because it's it's that environment where the consequences of your actions are very very severe. And I was like, okay, great, that's what I'm doing. And yeah, it was it was a unique experience just uh, writing about Catholic school, especially you know with the, you know, with the perspective I have where I've, I've been out of that environment for a very, for a very long time. And I'm a very different person than I was at 16, 17. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The uh, Catholic school is definitely a unique experience and I don't know (laughs) that you can, if, if you uh, weren't part of it, I don't even know, um, if you can fully grasp it, because there's a definite feel to it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: I definitely I. That is something that is something I really worked hard on with this book, because after after I wrote my first draft, I was reading over it and I realized I had alluded to the fact that they wear uniforms, but I hadn't described them because I had worn uniforms for so long, you know, through most of my formative years that you know, I didn't even think about it. It's mm-hmm. just that's that's just part of it and I was like, oh, there're going to be readers who don't know what I'm talking about when I say uniforms. Um yeah. so I have to go back and describe what those uniforms look like which you know is which varies from school to school but i did kind of base their uniforms in two winters on the ones i wore as a high school student but um but yeah it is it's definitely a unique experience and i hope that even readers who haven't been to Catholic school can kind of relate uh to just sort of the feeling of growing up in an environment where you you value it, but you also start to learn that you don't necessarily agree with all of it. And I think that's a pretty universal experience for for a lot of teenagers. Is just the feeling that maybe I don't belong here forever. Maybe this is this is a place that is no longer serving me.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, definitely. It's uh, I think everyone goes through that, especially um, the. You know, as you get into like um, you know eleventh and twelfth grades uh, yes. in in any school, right? Um, yes, I think you you start to think in those terms.
1: So yes, um, actually, in the in the second half of the book, where we're following Perdita in two thousand fourteen, she does not attend the Catholic school. She's actually she's in a big city for one thing, and she's she's at a private school, but it's one where you know they're very open-minded. Like she studies, she really loves science. She builds her own clocks. She's also she has queer parents and is is out as queer herself. She has a friend come out as non-binary. But even like in this definitely more open environment, she's starting to question things too. And her storyline we're following. She's trying to find out about the circumstances of her adoption, which her moms who are normally very open with her are very closed lipped about that. Mm. And so we're sort of, we're sort of following a different coming of age journey in the second half of the book that ends up tying back to the first half.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Thank so, you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Lauren, tell us about, about your debut novels. Is it called Satellite?
1: Satellite. Yes. Um, it came out in late 2017. Um, I actually started writing it in 2010. So uh, just between life and writing a lot of drafts of it and then trying to get it published, it, it took a very long time, but I think it was worth the wait. It is set in Chicago. Uh, it's actually set in Chicago and Los Angeles. Um, it's about two characters, Levon and Harmony, who have they're not related but they have grown up together because their fathers got together when they were young children and now they are about to start their junior year of high school and harmony's dad all of a sudden moves out decides to move to from chicago to los angeles and harmony decides to go with him without any warning and so Levon is left behind. He's very confused by this, especially because their relationship changed significantly when they were about 13 or 14 and they never really talked about it, just kind of gradually drifted apart. So there's a lot of, there's, there were a lot of things left unsaid. And so he is a ballet dancer and he really dives into that world. While harmony in Los Angeles falls for somebody new. She falls for a girl for the first time, but realizes she still kind of has unresolved feelings toward Levon. the two eventually reconnect and they find out there is a long buried family secret that is going to change both of them forever.
0: Hmm. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) um, That sounds like something that I need to read. Um,
1: I would love if you read it.
0: So, um, How did you start writing in the the young adult genre world? How did you get get into that?
1: Well, I've always loved YA fiction. I have been a reader ever since I was a very small child. I started reading when I was four years old. Um, And my first job when I was in high school was actually at the local library, and so I had access to all the books I wanted, which was really wonderful. Very cool. Yeah, So cool. And I have always, even after I kind of aged out of the target audience, I have always really loved young adult fiction because I really love the stories of discovery and just finding out who you are and your place in the world. And I feel like those themes are relevant, like even after you turn 18. I mean, I wrote, I started writing satellite when I was 30 years old. And I was sort of going through a stage of, you know, who am I? What am I doing? What is my place in the world? And I felt like I really brought that energy to my characters. I also do write for adults. But So far, my novels have all been YA because I just, I really, I really like the, I really like the journey, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to sum it up.
0: Mm -hmm. No, that's great. Yeah, it is a time of transition and, and great change, more so, you know, than adulthood, even though, you know, you still go through those stages in adulthood, but not as rapidly as you do during your teenage years, for sure.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, um, do you are you working on anything right now? Like another young adult novel or an adult novel? I
1: I actually am. Um, I have I have another young adult novel coming out in March twenty twenty two. Coming out actually on the Ides of March. It is a queer young adult reimagining of Julius Caesar, and it is called Take Her Down. Um, it is it instead of being set in Rome, as Julius Caesar was, it is set in a magnet school in a very competitive high school in the Chicago suburbs, where two ex best friends are running against and they're both queer girls are running against each other for student body president. <sighs> and there's I there's a video that kind of is emailed to the entire student body of one of them in a compromising position that the other is the one who sent it out and both of them kind of have to deal with the repercussions of that so instead of instead of stabbing we have we have another type of devastating event and i'm i'm really proud of it and yeah i will have had two books come out in less than a year, so that's kind of cool.
0: That's very cool, awesome, <laughs> and um, I guess hence the name "Take Her Down," right? Um, mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. And another book based on Shakespeare, right?
1: Yes, yes, it's uh, it's based on it's based on Julius Caesar. So, but and yeah, it kind of it kind of plays with it a lot where. Julius Caesar Shakespeare's play has mostly male characters. This is a book that has mostly female and non-binary characters. and it was it was really fun to kind of pardon the pun, flip the script on Julius Caesar mm-hmm. and see see what see what more creative things I could do with it while still keeping kind of the core themes.
0: Wow, that's awesome, really is. So so you have two books coming out really almost back to back, right? Like within six months (laughs) of each other, kind of pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on average, how long does it take you to write just a book?
1: Um, yeah, that's a good question. In the case (laughs) of, in the case of my two books coming out so close to one another, I started writing two winters in 2018. Um, like the summer of 2018. And I did the first draft. I was working on the second draft. You know, I have a day job. I also act. I freelance write. Life kind of got in the way. That was the end of 2018. Um, There was, my sister got married. I had a death in the family. And then my best friend had a death in the family, so there were weddings and funerals, and I kind of had to put the book aside for a while. Um, I finished writing Two Winters in 2019, so it took a it took a little over a year to write it. Then I put it on submission to get published. It actually got picked up fairly quickly by um, by a publisher. So it sold in late 2019 in December, and it was supposed to be published in February, 2021. Well, in August, 2020, uh, the day before it was gonna go on pre-order, I get a call from the publisher that they are shutting down. So oh, no. that was kind of rough. <laughs> that was also the day of my first COVID test and the day a tornado touched down in Chicago. You cannot make this stuff up.
0: Wow! Um,
1: yeah, that was quite a day. <laughs> Luckily, I was COVID negative, which was great. Oh, that's
0: good. Um, so there, there yeah. was a little bit of a silver lining there.
1: There was, there was a little bit of a silver lining um, that I was in good health. So I had to start submitting the finished book, which by this time it had gone through three rounds of edits and was basically about to go to the printer. So, so this was a totally finished book. Um, It was on submission again for a month. I got four offers and I chose Bold Strokes Books. And that was in October of 2020. And they were able to give it a publishing date of September 2021, just because it it went through a couple more rounds of edits, but it basically was pretty far in the process. So in the meantime, I had written what would become take her down and so i was able to sell that to bold strokes in january 2021
0: great. so yeah <laughs> great that's fantastic well so did the your original publishing house shut down because of covid
1: yes oh my they goodness. they shut down because of covid it was it was just very you know it's been a rough it's been a rough time in a lot of, of industries and publishing has been one of them. Um, so, so yeah, I'm very, very lucky. It was picked up again so quickly because I'm just, I'm really proud of this book and I, I really wanted it out there. So yeah, it was, it was kind of a blow when that happened, but it ended up working out. But yeah, I would say on average, probably a year or thereabouts to actually write the book. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's about what, take her down was as well.
0: Okay. So um, what satellite is that um, with another publishing house or did bold strokes pick that up as well?
1: Yes. Satellite was satellite was with another publishing house called world castle publishing.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, I was just wondering, because sometimes uh, bold strokes will pick up if you're not under contract any longer, they'll pick up your um, past books.
1: Right. Yeah, in, in my case, it is still, um, Satellite is still in print with okay. World Castle Publishing. So okay. you can, it's on Amazon, you can get it anywhere. And, um, but yeah, with Bold Strokes, a big selling point for me was they were interested in, they really like to have their authors write a lot of books for yeah. them. And I, I really liked that. And yeah, when I came to them with Take Her Down, they said, we love it. And we won it. And that was that was really that was really wonderful.
0: That's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. That's really that's a happy ending.
1: It is a very happy ending, or a happy
0: (laughs) beginning, right?
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. So um, what what then does literary success look like to you?
1: you know i feel pretty successful with what i've done um awesome i i have written uh those three books and i have a nonfiction book called dealing with drama that i actually wrote under contract in late 2019 it came out in early 2021 and that is it's a, mainly a book that's in schools and libraries and i think that's really cool too because I used to kind of read nonfiction books for teen girls and that's basic. That's what this is. It's with an educational publisher. So I, I really love that. And I love that. I have been able to write YA with queer characters. That's always been really important to me ever since I worked in that library as a high school student. And I started reading an author called Francesca Leah Block, who has a lot of queer characters in her, in her books. And as a Catholic st- school student in a small town in the late 90s, you know, before the Internet was mm-hmm. what it is today, that was an eye opener for me in a lot of ways. That's and-
0: pretty amazing that your Catholic school had that in the library.
1: Oh, they didn't. This oh. was at the public library. Ah, okay.
0: All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no, they did not have Francesca Leablock in the public library. Darn, I, I thought maybe the they were a
0: little progressive or something. Oh, they were
1: not. Jesuits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. My high school was Dominican. So uh, that is a lot more conservative than Jesuit. Definitely. Once I got to Loyola, there was, that was definitely the Jesuits. That was a whole different experience. Yeah, and sure. I'm very grateful, very grateful for the Jesuits and their emphasis on public service and open-mindedness and education, because that really changed me in a lot of ways, too. Um, but yeah, literary success, I mean... I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm pretty much living it. I have. I have other goals. Um, I'm sort of noodling around with a full length adult novel. Um, I would love for one of my YA books to be picked up as like a Netflix series or a streaming series. I think all of them would be great for that. So, mm-hmm. if Netflix is listening, please call me. Um, <laughs> that yeah, would be I fun. Think- that would be so fun, but I think I think that's a really good question because I think literary success means something different to every author. Yeah, and for me, I mean, I'm just I'm thrilled that I have accomplished what I have.
0: Yeah, and I think it it means something different as you progress as an author, right? As you Absolutely. as you you know grow and change. Um, your vision of success will grow and change as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when, when I first started writing Satellite, I didn't know, I didn't know if anyone would publish it ever. It was, it was also just something that where I was in my life, I just felt like I had to, I had to get out on paper and, you know, I got one book published, I was like, Oh, that's great. And then it was like, Oh, what if I could get another one published and another and another and I, you know, I, I've, I've been very lucky, and I've worked really hard. And that's, that's what has happened. And hopefully it will continue.
0: Wonderful. That's really wonderful. That's, that's a great story. It really is. Thank you. So I have to ask this. Um, sure. You know, when I was doing my homework, um, I, I I uh, came across a statement about something about you being an amateur aerialist. Yes. What's, <laughs> what is that about?
1: That is a very true statement. Um, I do aerial arts. So basically what you would see in like Cirque du Soleil, except I am not nearly that talented Um But, yeah, I'm very lucky in that Chicago has a lot of circus schools and circus gyms where they do professional training for, you know, circus artists like the type you would see in Cirque du Soleil. But they also – a lot of places also have, you know, recreational classes for kids and teens and adults. And I was not aware this was a thing until – Maybe about 2015 when a friend of mine was actually in a professional circus training program and I was like wait you can do that like (laughs) you could you could take a class to learn how to do that I was like whoa do I have the nerve and at first I was like there's no way I can hang in the air I'm afraid of heights but i have a i have a dance background um pretty strong one actually and i was like you know what i'll take a flexibility class so basically like baby contortion mm-hmm. um and i i did that a friend of mine was also in the class which really helped and i liked it a lot so about 4 months later i was like yeah i'll try aerial silks like it's an it's a once a week class for 8 weeks if i hate it like I'm done in two months and I got hooked. So now I actually train on aerial sling, which is a, which is a big hammock of fabric and also aerial hoop, which is called Lyra as well. And that's a, that is a really big metal hoop and you do not want to get hit in the head by it um, because it's very heavy. But, um, but yeah, that is, that is what I do for fun. I hang in the air. <laughs> that
0: is unique for sure. Um, <laughs> really, and and so I I'm thinking you're a bit of a risk taker.
1: A little bit. Um, my mother is, you know, less than thrilled sometimes when she sees my Instagram. <laughs> She's like, "Please do not hurt yourself." And I'm like, "Mom, one of the first things they teach you is how to how to fall out of something so you're not falling on your head and." um and you know there are always crash mats which are called crash mats for a reason because we all fall out of things but um yeah it's a it's it's high risk but also high reward because there's nothing like finally nailing a trick or just doing a really pretty pose and it's it's a real adrenaline rush it's also it's really good exercise it's very physically intense and I'm a very cerebral person. So I found doing circus and aerial arts really helps me get out of my head, which is something I need to do.
0: Wow. That is, I, <clears throat> I imagine it is a very physical, you have to be in great shape to do something like that. Um,
1: I have very good upper body strength now. I will say that I'm, I can open jars like you wouldn't believe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that That's a talent for sure. <laughs> Um, that's great. So, um, I worked at a, uh, a college and, uh, that had a great performing arts school and, cool. uh, they actually had a class, uh, in circus performing. So that was all a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: really cool. Yeah. yeah cir- circus performers are a very unique breed of people and just, very very intense in great shape and just um i'm very lucky i've had some awesome coaches who have always encouraged me when i've gotten frustrated and it's just it's it's really really rewarding
0: wow that's fantastic so what is it? uh what is the 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 term it's not tightrope walking but it's it's Uh, like tightrope walking only it's like a web like a
1: oh like um spanish web Uh, i
0: don't i don't know if that's the term i'm thinking of but i just there's
1: also like wire there's like high wire
0: yeah i don't think it's wire it was a i just saw this woman on instagram and (laughs) um and and it looks like a tight wire only they said like in the explanation it was kind of like a web she was walking across um and Interesting. it was okay yeah, yeah it was amazing um just really really amazing
1: uh, i cannot do like any any of my friends who do who walk on wire or anything like that i admire them so much because balance is not like that is an extraordinary amount of balance that I do not have. And I just every time I see that, I really admire it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. it is. It's amazing. Like, um, yeah, even um, like you see people who do like the balance beam, like, to me, that's amazing. Um, and oh, you're, same. you're closer to the yeah. ground even.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. And it's just, it's not a very, you know, those things are not very wide and they're doing all sorts of cool stuff. I no, I always love watching Balancing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's really awesome. That's a, Thank you. yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So, um, Laura, I am totally looking forward to reading two winters. Um, I'm a, a big shakespeare fan so i'm really looking forward to this um, yeah so um just for our our listeners um two winters is um published by bold Strokes books and it's coming out september 14th um and then you have uh, take her down coming out in march of 2022 another bold strokes uh publication right
1: Yes, okay. it'll be out on March fifteenth, twenty twenty
0: two. Okay, awesome. All right. So, um, do you like to hear from from your readers and from our listeners?
1: I love it. Um, I'll give you all of my social media handles, and I would I would love it if you got in touch. I am on Facebook as Lauren Emily Wrights. I am on Twitter as Lauren Emily Rye, W R I. I ran out of room Um, and I am on Instagram as Lauren Emily writes just one word. And um, yeah, please reach out. Please follow me. I would love to hear from you.
0: Awesome gang. You heard that, right? It's um, uh, Lauren is available on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and she'd love to hear from you. So um, yeah, Lauren, that is all the time we have for today. It has been a pleasure talking with you um, and we're looking forward to your second book coming out right uh, that it, two winners is a second one right?
1: It's my second novel It's yeah. my third book.
0: Okay yeah. awesome. all right. So uh, thanks again for joining us and thank you. yeah yeah it's my pleasure. Um, I'm Anita Kelly and thank you listeners for joining Liz talk about books baby. And until next time, may your journey be lighthearted, peace be plenty, and be safe, folks.